Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, December 21st. Time for Destination Health. We have no guests today. We have no real theme. Lauren will be joining me here momentarily. We've got a couple things we'll talk about, but today is all about you and what is on your mind. We're going to open the phone lines right now, so jump in early, 855-950-3835. Jump in and join us. It's an anything-goes health kind of day. Let's... uh, we're going to jump right in and get started. Lauren, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. Getting so, so close to the holidays here. It is. You know, I, I mentioned that these are the uh, least productive two weeks of the entire year. Nobody does anything. <laughs> I have to agree. <laughs> it's so actually, it's just hard to get things done because, you know, a lot of people are out and they take more days off or. There's holiday parties. Who knows what's going on? But nobody seems to work much. Although yesterday I did have a uh, a really good interview with somebody from a, uh, a oh. fleet, a trucking company. Um, started off mostly about business and accounting and our software. Uh, but then the woman doing the interview asked, you know, what else do we do? And we started talking about health. And that really turned into an interesting conversation. So... Um, it went long, a couple hours. Uh, so, so just some really interesting stuff. You know, it's, it's a lot of times when we do this show, most of our calls are from people who have heard us say this stuff over and over. They've gotten used to, you know, some of the crazier stuff that we talk about. When you talk about to somebody new who just really hasn't been exposed to this, but was wide open, you know, when I explained things like the carnivore diet and why and and you know totally open mind about it and so it was uh it was a lot of fun oh good best conversations do do take a few hours so yeah it sounds like it was quite you know quite a nice one so good for you yeah, so uh, we're going to talk about a couple things. I actually want to go back to the basics today, maybe on digestion. A couple issues we could cover there, but I think we'll go back and just cover digestion from start to finish again. I did some interesting metabolic testing while I was at that health conference with Dr. Wolfson, and I got the reports back. Yeah. So, you know, a couple things when I'm at a conference like that, I went around and checked out all these new technologies and ideas and testing. And, you know, I'm always curious, so I want to try all this stuff on myself, but then looking for, you know, new ideas, new procedures, whatever that will help our clients as well. So there was some really, really high end testing and medical device because this was designed for physicians. So this wasn't the general public there. So, I mean, I, I I looked at different like like beds with light therapy and sound therapy, and now beds and saunas with all these different therapies combined. And but just to give you the idea of what kind of numbers we were talking about with some of this stuff, I got an email yesterday, and I, I I'm gonna have to go back and look. I think I remember what this device was. It was this 
giant, you know, tanning bed looking thing that had, you know, multiple different therapies all built into it. And I looked at it and I thought, yeah, that just doesn't make sense for us. I mean, even if we had a physical location, um, I I doubt that Mm -hmm. I'd be interested in something like this. So I, I didn't dig too deep into it, but I got an email yesterday. Like I didn't even ask the price, didn't even bother. But I got an email yesterday and they were reminding me that if I act now, I can get $80,000 off of the retail price oh. or the wholesale price. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I got another one and I don't even remember this. This was like the, the title of it was Superhuman Protocol. And again, they were reminding me that the time is almost up to get my $50,000 off the Superhuman Protocol. I'm like, I, it just, uh, I, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Is the, yeah, is a comma in the right place? Because that just sounds outrageous. Uh, yeah, it, I, I looked at a massage chair that started at $20,000. A massage chair. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I did find some did stuff that it? is, you know, reasonable and, and possibly very useful. One of the more interesting things I did, and I now, of course, I have to go do a lot more reading and research on this, but I did breath testing for lots of different biomarkers. So they, they do like... Um, uh, what is the VO2 max uh, through breath testing, which kind of tells how efficient your body is at burning calories and and using energy. And and then it goes much deeper than that. I I just need to go look to find out how reliable are these markers. It's pretty interesting how much they're able to tell by this. Just all you do is sit there and breathe normally you don't do anything different. You just sit, you put this, they put this mask over your face, you sit there and breathe. And then this thing generates all kinds of reports about your metabolism and your health. Uh, I had some pretty interesting um, readings. So if we look at um, metabolic fitness, um, which is, here's their explanation of it. It's a gauge of how well your body converts nutrients into energy it needs to move and sustain vital function. So how how well is your body, how good is your body at consuming, digesting food, pulling the nutrients out of it, and then using those nutrients? So I, I was in the top 55% here, and none of this is age-adjusted. Um, so okay. my metabolic fitness was good, Uh, 71% efficient at converting nutrients. Again, I'm in the top 55% on that. Then they give you ways that you could improve that. Like the number one way to improve your metabolic fitness is actually resistance training. Uh, Second would be interval training. And then third would be endurance training if, if you're looking at exercise to improve it. Almost everything okay. I've read about their exercise and lifestyle recommendations, I agree with. They also give you nutrition recommendations. 
Those I don't necessarily agree with. You know, here's what they, (laughs) you know, recommend. The number one food they recommend to improve my metabolic fitness would be flax seeds. I I, Mm kind of doubt it. You know, I just don't think that adding flax seeds to my diet is going to make a really big difference in my metabolic fitness. Agreed. (laughs) So... There are several categories here. Then we go to resting metabolic rate. And this is really when people talk about having a fast or slow metabolism. This is kind of what we're referring to. Um, Mm -hmm. Whether or not your body is burning more or fewer calories when we're doing nothing. You know, it, it, it still requires calories and energy to just sit and do nothing. Um, how efficient or not efficient is our body? See, we've always thought we wanted a fast metabolism so that we don't get fat. Like that That's what people, that's how they kind of perceive this. If I have a fast metabolism, I can eat a lot and I won't gain weight. And that's somewhat true because that is what this is measuring. How many calories you burn doing nothing, then that's an indication of how many calories you burn doing things. So if you're a, a, a fast burner doing nothing, you're going to burn even more when you're active. The downside to that is, though, the faster our metabolism is, kind of the sooner we die. We don't really mm-hmm. want a really fast metabolism because when we're metabolizing food, and, and that's what we're talking about here, those things are hard on our body. It actually is part of what wears our body out. So it's kind of a catch-22. We don't want a really slow metabolism, but we really don't want that, you know, crazy high, fast, fat-burning kind of metabolism either. Uh, On that one, I had a a 72%, which is um, right smack in the middle of the good range. I was in the top 38% on that one. Um, Fat-burning efficiency. Um, what this is telling us is we, we've talked about, you know, whether people are, are sugar burners or fat burners, and those are our, basically Mm -hmm. our two energy sources and which one will our body lean towards and tend to. And most people have become sugar burners and they actually have a hard time getting their body to burn fat. Well, I was pretty sure I was going to be good at this because I've eaten a really high fat diet for about eight years. So again, really solid into the the good category here, 70% efficient, put me in the top 72% there. Again, they give you, you know, a lifestyle. Actually, I found this was interesting. Their lifestyle recommendation, which to me sounded more like a nutrition recommendation, actually says to increase protein. Yeah, it seems like I eat an awful lot of protein, but this one I found really interesting. Now, remember, this was a breath test. So, again, Mm -hmm. I want to go back and figure out, you know, how all of this correlates to metabolism and fat burning. But the, the final two tests were actually more about breathing and lung function um, I actually scored a 92% on lung fitness, which is excellent, almost perfect. Um, 
And that is really, it's a measure of uh, lungs condition and your risk factor for respiratory related conditions. Um, kind of nice to know with a bunch of respiratory viruses going around that my lungs are nice and healthy. Mm. Interesting. It's very interesting that they pulled this all from, like you said, a breath test. Yeah. Now, here's the two areas where I did really poorly. Now, my lungs mm. are in really good condition. So they're okay. they're strong, they're healthy, no risk of any kind of lung disease, uh, scored way up high on lung function. But then they they use your breathing to calculate two other scores. So the first one is breathing and cognition. And they explain that it says it reflects how breathing affects a person's ability to think and perform cognitive issues. I only scored a 26% and um, in the basically the bottom 91% on that one. Wow. Yeah. That's, that doesn't seem right. I, yeah, and the second one they use is breathing and posture. So they're actually calculating how breathing mm -hmm. is affecting your posture, which is just basically the position you sit or stand or, you know, the, the position of yeah. your body kind of is your posture. Again, 26% uh, um, and I'm in the bottom 91% on that one as well. Wow. So That's, those are pretty surprising, I think. I, I thought so too. So I, you know, we I did a consult with them and I, I said, so what is the recommendation based on, you know, that poor and again when we, we go to this breathing, they give, you know, uh, let me get back down there. Um, you know, exercise, nutrition and and lifestyle changes. Now, again, this is where I find their nutrition advice seems just a little odd. So I'm having this major issue around the way I'm breathing. My metabolism is excellent, really, but I'm not breathing well, even though my lungs are doing really well. So, you know, their nutrition mm -hmm. advice, uh, Swiss chard. Come on, really? Somehow I'm just going to eat more Swiss chard and my breathing is going to get better. That, that doesn't even make any sense to me. No, me neither. <laughs> so it turns out what we really need to do to fix this, and it's interesting, we've been talking about this recently. Um, one of the first things he recommended was mouth taping. Oh, interesting. Yeah telling you it's trending right now uh, it really is he he and i said you know what about wim hof and he said look wim hof breathing has a lot of benefits but it has no <laughs> impact on the issues you're having with breathing it will do nothing to improve that it's not designed to improve that that isn't what it's for he said there there's you know mouth taping at night which will teach your body how mm -hmm. to breathe better overnight and keep you breathing through your nose and then you should, you know, throughout the day or, you know, a couple times a week or whatever schedule you're going to do it, you should get your body into like a secondary training zone heart rate wise, which is not really high. You should do some sort of an activity where 
while you're doing that activity, you would still be able to hold a conversation with somebody. Like you wouldn't be breathing so hard that you would have a hard time talking. But your heart rate should be elevated over normal. And then what you do is you maintain that level of activity and you either mouth tape or you make sure you only breathe through your nose. And if you get to the point where you just can't, where breathing through your nose isn't enough, then you back off the activity. The point isn't to keep breathing harder and harder. It's to stay in that level where you, you, your heart is racing a little bit and you're breathing a little harder, but you can still manage to only breathe through your nose. Got it. That's really interesting. I have a question though. Do you, are, do you know whether or not you're a mouth or nose breather? I, I guess I tend to be a mouth breather. I wouldn't have thought that, but now that I'm paying attention to it, I am. Yeah. I, I try to ask people, you know, in a, you know, to really pay attention to like throughout the day at different times, are they breathing through their mouth or their nose as well as where do you keep your tongue in your mouth, you know, just out of comfort, yeah. you know, when you're just sitting there comfortably? Yeah. Because I think that's a really telltale as well. If your tongue is dropping to the bottom of your mouth, you're most likely breathing from your mouth. Where I, my tongue is basically, I wouldn't say suctioned, but it lays completely flat against the roof of my mouth. Yeah. Which is supposed to also help with the development of your jawline which we know is very important based on Weston A. Price's findings when he was traveling around. And the wider the jaw, it seemed to be the healthier, you know, the, the people. Yeah. So, I, 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 you know, what I've read is that you really want your tongue to be up at the roof of your mouth at a resting position, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it turns out, you know, we there are still areas where... It, for myself, I mean, if I'm this poor at, at breathing properly for posture and thinking, if I can improve that, I should see some pretty significant health improvements, I would think. I would think so. We're practicing some mouth taping here in this house. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, I would also believe that this could have an impact on stress and sleep. Sleep for sure. Absolutely. All right. So that, that, uh, so I'm looking at the idea of, you know, would we be interested? They, the company offers several options. We could get one of the machines ourselves, you know, and, and, you know, have people stop into a physical location somewhere. That's one option. And, and then, you know, we would do this kind of testing and interpret it and then make the recommendations. They have, you know, clinics around the country that have the equipment that we could contract with and send people in to do the testing. And then we would do the, the you know, interpretation and, and recommendations. So I, I, it, it's a really easy, non-invasive test. It's not a blood draw. It's, it only takes a couple minutes. If the information is as good as what they're claiming and, and these markers are important and if we improve them, things will get better. I, I'm, I'm somewhat interested in this. I, I want to make sure that there is good, hard data that this really makes a difference, though. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you know the price of that machine? So their their program is is interesting. It's so you would pay you pay a flat subscription fee like five hundred a month, and that and you have to have, it's a three year commitment, thirty six months at five hundred a month. Uh, but that gets you a machine oh. and also credits for so many tests every month. And then we would actually be able to set things up where if if somebody stopped into our location, we used our machine, that would be okay, or we could use those credits somewhere else. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so it's almost like maybe we could even build this network of, you know, locations around the country that we worked with and we could say stop in here and, you know, then we would see the results and, and go from there. So, it, it again, it, it's interesting. I, I spent a lot of time when we were down there looking at more more testing methods. You know, we, we get down to some of these you know, problems that people have really cleaned up their diet. They've improved a lot of things and then we still have some issues. You know, what is it? How do we figure this out? Do we need to do more testing? You know, that that was, I spent a lot of time talking with Dr. Wolfson about this and his his motto really is, look, after you've really worked on diet and some of these other things, if there are still underlying conditions, test, don't guess. So that that's really his... Mm-hmm mantra and and mine has always been like well maybe we can just guess for a while and see what happens and part of that is because with our with our tribe and our clients testing isn't always easy Mm -hmm. no it's not so and it can be expensive as well yeah you can really spend a lot of money testing um you know, the, the other thing I, I'm starting to realize is that some of these trace minerals that we almost never talk about may be more important than what we think, and even tiny um, deficiencies can cause problems. The one that uh, Dr. Wilson talked about at the event and I learned a lot about was copper. I mean, we just don't think much about copper. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like when you start talking about the metals iron, copper, things like that, that we almost tend to, to go the opposite. Like we want to make sure you don't have too much of those things. Well, it turns out this whole issue of iron overload, which is more of a problem for, for men or women after menopause, we get this buildup of iron in our body and we don't really know why. And the only answer has been, well, go give blood because that's one of the ways to get the number down. Well, it turns out that that could be a direct correlation to a copper deficiency. Mm-hmm. So a copper deficiency yeah. could cause your body to, to have a buildup of iron because it can't use it the way it needs to without having the right amount of copper. Yeah, I found that very fascinating when he mentioned that last week. There's still so much I need to to research in that in regards to copper. Yeah. And and then another one that's that has come up now because of the the stress protocol and the supplements I'm working on with with biotics. One of the nutrients we're going to be using, one of the supplements in this, and I would have never thought um, this is another one of those nutrients that when I hear of, I think, oh, really? Uh, Lithium. 
You know, I always think of lithium as mm. this really powerful antipsychotic, anti-schizophrenia kind of drug. You know, this is for the people that are like mm. in straight jackets and institutions. That that's typically where you hear about lithium. But that's a, a very, yeah. very different form of lithium. That's the the pharmaceutical lithium and so when I heard that, I thought, well, that's odd. Well, it, really, lithium is just a metal. It's just a mineral. It should be in our soil mm -hmm. and it should be in our food. And like a lot of other minerals, we just don't have it in our soil as much as we used to. E even if you're eating organic, it, you know, regenerative, there, there still can be a lack of minerals. And lithium is one of them. And we don't need a lot of it. But if you get just a little bit out of whack... Uh, it it can have big impacts on things like anxiety and depression. It, and now one of the things I'm starting to realize that anxiety and depression are just another manifestation of stress. That That's really all that is. True. I actually know someone who sees a functional uh, nutrition, you know, functional doctor and she did all these tests and put him on a low dose lithium supplement. He says he's never felt better in his life. I, that's what so I know there's something to it. Yep. That's what we're starting to find. Now the way biotics, biotics actually creates their own lithium supplement. And what I mean by that is they actually grow plants in a lithium rich soil and then harvest the plant itself and the plant becomes the supplement. And that, that plant is just high in lithium because they made sure the soil it was grown in had high quality lithium. Interesting. Very neat, actually. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing I found out about biotics, I'm really looking forward to going down to their... Um, their factory this spring in Texas, we're going to hit the road and hit several events. One of them is I, I really want to go down there and spend some time in their factory. Dr. Wolfson also uses um, biotics. Now, a lot of his supplements, he actually formulates his supplement and then biotics produces it, which is part of what we're going to be doing on this kit. We're actually going to be um, creating our own supplements this time, but biotics will be our manufacturer. So what I found out was, and, and we've always known they're big on quality and quality control. I got to spend time um, with the guy who's kind of been in charge of their manufacturing process for decades. Uh, he's also in charge of their like quality control of the ingredients themselves. They have all of their own on-site testing. And that's that's a big advantage. They don't have to send things out to have them. So they sample a lot. They sample everything. You know, one of the things that happens, and this just makes me crazy, this is why you've really got to be careful where you get your supplements from. They will test every ingredient. One example they gave me, beet powder. And we've talked about that. It's used in quite a few supplements. It helps the body produce more nitric oxide. He says that it is not unusual that when they test a batch of beetroot powder, it's just not beetroot powder. 
What? It's not even a matter of what is, is it? it, you know, not the right quality or or you know something's off about it. It's, he said they'll test certain ingredients and it's just not the ingredient it's supposed to be. And and a lot of times he said at that point we don't even bother to test to see what it is. It, we know it's not the ingredient we need, so we just move on and and we test until we know that every ingredient we use is is what it's supposed to be. Then they go on for other testing like mold and heavy metals and all kinds of crazy stuff. But he said, we actually have to verify that we're getting the right ingredients. Wow. Yep. I so believe what about it. supplement companies that don't it. do all that testing? You don't know what you're getting. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Well, I remember when we were, you know, when I was studying at the NTA, we talked a lot about biotics research. We had, you know, someone come and speak with us and they were explaining that one of the reasons they don't use rice in their supplements is because of the high levels of arsenic, even if it's organic rice. Correct. Very difficult to find, you know, really clean rice that's void of arsenic. So I remember that them telling us that's why they were using, you know, different, you know, types of, I forgot what it was for. Was it pea protein they were using in place? I don't recall. It doesn't really seem to make sense, but basically they just weren't using rice because they just couldn't Correct. find a quality source that wasn't full of arsenic. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that to me is someone who cares, the company that cares about their product and is going above and beyond to do the research, which is why I've always turned to biotics. Yeah. And, you know, when we, you know, the last couple of years we've dealt with shortages, we can't always get the supplements in, you know, we're waiting on them. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that, you know, it's definitely a supply chain issue, but it could just be like you were just talking about with the rice. It, it's not that they can't get the ingredient. It does exist out there. They can't get it in the quality they, they want. And they just have to wait exactly. until, you know, they're getting better sourcing, but they won't compromise on that. You know, they'll, they'll just say, no, we're, no. We, we just won't put that supplement out until we have the quality we require. Yeah. I respect that. I yeah. definitely respect that. Yeah. So. I was very, very impressed. And I've always been impressed. I mean, that's why we partnered with them. It's why we've stuck with them. It's, you know, we had to make that transition from when, when corporate kind of took over Northwest, when, when Gray retired, uh, that was a big transition mm -hmm. for us. Like I said, I didn't know anybody at corporate. And um, I, now that I've met him, I'm just even more impressed with the company. So we'll, uh, we, we are working on our first um, private labeled supplements through them. That's great. I love hearing that. Yeah. So it, it, it's awesome to have this partner now where, you know, if we think of a product we need specifically for our tribe, we want this formulation that, that we've got that resource. We can go to them and, and we get their expertise too. You know, I sat down and I said, look, I have ideas for supplements and here's what I was thinking. And they've got awesome recommendations. You know, well, you could use that, but if you use this ingredient, you get this benefit so we have the, the help with the formulation itself, but then, you know, sourcing and making sure we're getting the absolute best ingredients. Mm-hmm. 
really important. So, Kevin, um, have you read the book Jaws? Um, say that again. Just curious. Have you read the book Jaws? The book Jaws. No. It's the story. It's Jaws, the story of a hidden epidemic. It's the mo. It's the newest one that I've been reading regarding breathing, the structure of the oh. mouth. Um, goes into mouth taping. It goes into. I was just looking through it. It actually shows bulldogs as an example for their poor breathing and their posture. Oh. So I thought it was interesting because you mentioned posture and breathing. Right. I think that that should be your your next book if you haven't read it yet. I think I better write that down. The book. Jaws. Yeah, I haven't finished it. I, I think I got it delivered like last week or the week prior, and I started reading it. Very fascinating. You know, they obviously go into Weston A. Price talking about, you know, the jaw structures, but they they go way deeper than that. And, you know, all the different techniques to help fix, you know, to transition from a mouth breather to a nose breather. So I've I've found it very fascinating. I feel like you will as well. Uh, And obviously I need it. So, yes, I've, I've got it written down here. Um, we've got a bunch of calls piling up. What do you say we take calls for a while and when we burn through those, we'll go back to the basics on digestion. That sounds perfect. All right, let's get started in New York. Danny, welcome to the program. Good morning, Lauren, and good morning. Good morning. Uh, I would like to start out by uh, telling you I'm pretty much carnivore, uh, for I was just thinking now when I started eating this way, I think it was uh, when Kim was on the show and you were on the satellite. Okay. And just to give a little prehistory to my to my um, to my actual question, I was diagnosed in 2017 with a pulmonary embolism, and I know you don't give medical advice or anything like that, but from that point on. Uh, I was put on blood thinners, and what really got me to start eating this way was my DOT physical on five six, and I think it was at that time I was about 190 pounds, and they put me down as obese. So that kind of shook me up a little bit, and that's when the uh, sleep apnea machine was really, you know, at the top of the, uh, you know, it it was a major topic at that point. But what my situation is now, I take uh, Warfarin, and I made a, a quite a large purchase probably about a month ago of uh, the Cardio Miracle. Okay. And uh, some other products. I got it, and it's it, it's funny that you're mentioning digestion today because I bought a uh, leaky gut kit. Okay. And want to get to that, but I I just want to try and stay coherent. My doctor, I go once a month, you know, who prescribed the uh, warfarin, the Coumadin. And it's all he likes. He likes my INR to be between and four. And when I asked the infamous question, why, (laughs) I can't get an answer why. You know, there's no real, he said, that's just the number that he likes. So I've been showing him. Let me ask Some you of something. Your, it, it, go ahead. You, you ask the most important question. Congratulations. And your doctor really. I'm good at that, actually. 
couldn't answer you. Does that inspire confidence? That's awful. Uh, It absolutely does. That that's insane. That that's the best answer the doctor could come up with because that's the numbers you're supposed to be. Well, he didn't say supposed to, but that's the number he's comfortable with. But, but why? You know, which again, the question always comes I, back to why. Tell me why you're comfortable with that, and it doesn't sound like he has a good answer. No, he he does at all. Just, uh, you know, I showed him the cardio miracle and he kind of, you know, and I hate to say this, but I went to Catholic school the way I'm going to say it. He gave me permission to try it, and <laughs> but he wants me to come back instead of in four weeks. He wants me to come back in two weeks to do the INR. And that was two weeks ago. And I said with the holiday because I delivered to supermarkets, you know, and so, so this is a. Pretty busy time. So, so let's think about something else interesting here. He puts you on a very powerful, okay. toxic pharmaceutical like warfarin, and Correct. it's okay to come back once Correct. a month to check your numbers. But if we put you on this supplement that's natural and nutrients, boy, we better check every two weeks. <laughs> really? Right. Because there's. Because there's no controlled studies done, though. See, but there this is. is the thing to where but, I, but I, there I, is. If, if that's what he needs, I, I controlled studies, they, they do exist. I, I don't really think I need them. Where I, I, Let's look at the real results of the controlled studies on warfarin. It has some serious issues. It, it's rat poison. Yeah. <laughs> that's what... What I found out, it's a form of rat poison. But my goal is to get off it. He had me originally on uh, iron, an iron pill. I'm, I'm taking 50 milligrams of uh, warfarin per week in, in seven days, 50 milligrams. He had me on a baby aspirin. And when you came out with the FDA study, which that I'm not going to go political, but... When you came out with the study a couple of weeks ago about the baby aspirin, I said, well, I'm done with that. So I'm not taking that anymore. But I want off of this, um, which offer. And just to backtrack, maybe October, my wife works at a hospital in, you know, in inner city. And she had come home with uh, COVID. And my wife and my son could coerce me to take a home test. And I was feeling, you know, I wasn't feeling all that great. And when I, 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 I could go crazy, Kev. I called you once before and I filibusted the whole show. Yeah. And you had to hang up. Uh, that's when uh, Larry Wingett was on. This okay. is going back years ago on a Saturday. Right. But I just want to try to get this one point. Um, I, the doctor, not my INR doctor, but a doctor in the hospital that my wife is very, very friendly with, being that I had the pulmonary embolism, uh, suggested that she talk to my, because I don't talk to doctors now, I'm not good at it, but she talked to the doctor and had that Paxlovin, is, am I saying that right? But, that yeah, new uh, Pfizer drug that they came out with? Yeah. Yeah, and they, uh, 
it messed me up something fierce. Now, this is something with my digestive. Hey, I, hey, I think hey, it wiped out hey, hey, Danny, all my immunity. Danny, we're, we're going to cut to the chase here. The answers to your health okay, issues good. are never pharmaceutical drugs, ever. I, I know that. I, I, am, I listen intently. But I want to start taking the cardio miracle, and I want to do it without the Coumadin. And then do it. Do you think that there's a possibility that, that, oh, I am, I am. But I just wanted to get an opinion from you. Could that possibly be a blood thinner also? There you are know, I know it's good for the, uh, for the vessels. There are nutrients that definitely change the viscosity of our blood. Yes. So there are, there are nutrients that could cause our blood to thicken. There are right. nutrients that could cause our blood to thin. Um, the the ultimate answer here is that it's not a pharmaceutical drug that you're deficient in. It's a nutrient somewhere. Correct. And if we get the nutrients right, Correct. then but you don't need the pharmaceuticals. It, but, you know, with the Paxlovin, I seen I, my news sources, NTD News, you know, sponsored by the Epic Times. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but they did, came out that the government purchased I don't know how many million doses days ago. And what the last thing they reported is that it hasn't been FDA approved. So here I'm taking this stuff that messed up my entire digestive system. And it really put me in a fog for about a week and a half, two weeks. That's how it affects, you know, it, it affected so, me. And I told my doctor, he said, well, I never, never heard about that one. So why... So, did you have a severe case of COVID? No, no. Why did you get Paxlovid? Being that I had the pulmonary, because the, uh, a doctor that my wife works with at the hospital, very good friend of her, she was there when I had the pulmonary embolism back in 17. You know, she more or less treated me, but she can't prescribe nothing for me. But she made a suggestion and my wife, I guess, through fear, asked my doctor, who does the INR, to prescribe it, and, you know, and I took but all five I, I, doses I, I, of Hold on, I'm but, confused. We're either talking about the wrong drug, or I'm confused. Paxlovid, is that the drug we're talking about? It, 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 yes, that's for COVID, right? Correct. Why did they give you Paxlovid? That, that is not making any sense to me. Well, I tested positive for the uh, for the coronavirus. So, but but were you sick? A, a little bit, I was. Yeah. So let me ask you this: but if not you, to if, where? If, hold on. Okay. If prior to COVID, if you got the flu or the sniffles or a cold, did you run to the doctor and ask Never. for a drug? Ever? No, then, I don't then, get sick. Then no. why would you take no. this? You weren't sick. It wasn't like, you know, you either take well, this it, drug or you end uh, up in the emergency room. You, you didn't feel oh. good and you got a positive test. So what? Nobody's dying from COVID anymore. I mean, that this that the version that's well, out there I now had, is so mild. I, I worry far more well, about that, their drugs I than had. I do the virus. Yeah. I, I do, too. I do. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And, and um, I listen every day. You know, I'm, I'm in the truck seven, six days a week, 70 hours. Uh, but 
I, I guess, uh, well, the one question that I uh, also, I bought the leaky gut kit. Will that help me right now? Because my digestive system is really all screwed up. You know, I drink uh, the Bulletproof coffee with, so, you know, vitamin D. So let, I let, think. let's, there's a question we can dig into. I have no idea whether or not you should be taking the leaky gut kit or not. That's a very specific okay. kit for a very specific digestive issue. Um, what you really probably need okay. is a discovery call. Have you done a NutriQ yet? No, not yet. You need to do a NutriQ and a discovery call and let us give you a 30-day plan. We don't even charge for it. Okay. Okay. What's the uh, pre... Uh, what, what? I know Lauren needs specific information that would make things go older. What? information would she need on the first call? So here's how you get started. You go to letstruck.com. Up at the top, you'll see a menu item that says work with us. Just click on that and follow along. It'll walk you right through the whole process. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. But as far as diet, uh, would Lauren know like exactly what I eat every day? Because it's pretty much... You know, meat, bacon, uh, avocado. Here's the thing. When you the more information you give us, the better job Lauren can do. Okay. So some people just that they don't okay. want to fill out food journals and they don't want to. They'll just say, "Oh, well, I only eat meat." Well, that's bullshit. Nobody only eats meat. You're you're eating something yeah. else. And even if you're only eating meat, then tell us what kind. Is it boneless, skinless chicken breast, or are you eating liver and organ meats and uh, seafood? Steak. I mean. The the more information yeah. we have, the better job we can do. Yeah, even okay. cooking preparation, you know, help, is very helpful. But there's okay. going to be two options for, for you for, for food. So you're going to fill out a client intake form, and that will have a little oh, okay. section there for you to put all the things that you're eating and what your diet is like. And there's okay, also an option good. to keep a food journal. And there's a tutorial there to do that. If you have any questions, you know, tribe care can walk you through all that. But like Kevin said, if you go to let's truck.com, click on work with us, all the information is there for you to, to get signed up. Very good. Very good. Okay. Uh, you know, another thing, what you're talking about shortness of breath, I've had that for quite a while and I think I'm, well, I know I'm a mouth breather, but it, mm. I mean, it's ironic. The, the, the topics that you started out with today is pretty much what I'm, you know, going through basic, but, uh, everybody is <laughs> it, it's, it's well, pretty darn common. It's what we deal with every day. Let, let, let's get to the, the Nutri Q do the discovery call. We'll get you started on a plan. You're kind of all over the board with this, but you, you've got to make up your mind. Do you want to stick with the doctors and the pharmaceuticals or do you want to go to the natural route? It's really hard to straddle and stay in the middle somewhere. Let's uh, let's go to North Carolina. Lucky, welcome to the program. Hi there, Kevin. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Uh, nothing much. Uh, I just started following you a couple of years ago and uh, started not on strict keto, but uh, a little undisciplined to fall off the wagon here and there. But when I do eat strict keto, I tell you, I feel great. Uh, just a quick question, um, uh, digesting-wise. I got off the soda, 7-Up, and all that stuff. 
um, just having a problem digesting the food properly sometimes. Would you recommend, uh, like, I don't know, I've looked into like, drinking water 30 minutes before you eat or 30 minutes after, wash it down with some kombucha or like uh, any recommendations? Yeah, my recommendation is is let's let's do a NutriQ again. Let's figure out what your digestive issues are specifically, and then let's address them. You know that we we talk about the idea of good strong stomach acid, and I I tend not to drink with my meals. I I drink all throughout the day, and I tend to not drink during meals. The idea being. The more water you put in around a meal, the more you're going to dilute your stomach acid. Now, the idea is if, you, if you're if you really healthy and you have all the right nutrients and your body's producing good stomach acid, the water shouldn't matter. Uh, my thought is we, we've all had compromised digestion, so I want to try to do everything I can to make it better. And it's not that hard not to drink when I eat. Just drink the rest of the day. So it's not like that one thing is going to fix your digestion, but it's just one more step. Yeah, I just, my, my main weakness is just beer. I gave it up for like about two weeks, three weeks, and then I'm back on for about four days here and there. And then, yeah, uh, that's the one thing I'm really working on. I'm pretty sure that has affected as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, digestion, and, and we're actually going to talk about digestion today. It's one of our topics, and we're going to go back to the basics, and we're going to start, how does digestion work? Where does it start? What are the steps? What's happening in your body? And what can go wrong? And what you're going to find is there's a whole list of things that can go wrong, and we need to identify what they are so we can go fix them. You know, there's no point in replacing the muffler on your car when it's the brakes that are bad. So we don't want to just take yeah, but a I shot tell you what, man, what? to digestion. I, this is an area where we don't even need to do any real testing. You're going to fill out the NutriQ. And, and Lauren, how hard is it for you to look at a NutriQ and figure out what somebody's major digestive problem is? It's literally a glance is all it takes. <laughs> it's pretty simple, right? I mean, every once in a while, you have it's to very... dig down into the individual questions to look for a couple details. But for the most part, you kind of yeah. look at the graph and you go, yeah, I know what's wrong with their digestion. Mm-hmm. Just a quick question. One last question. Um, uh, I just had a question about oil analysis. Uh, do I need to buy a kit? I emailed Polaris Labs. I haven't got an email back. And uh, is there any certain container I collect the oil in, or it, it's in the kit? Okay, I see. Yeah, uh, nobody's gotten back to me at all. So on that, um, it's quite busy at this time. So if you buy a kit, an oil sample kit in our store, the bottle to put the sample in is in that kit. So is the mailer, the FedEx envelope, okay. everything you need. You take it all out, you put oil in the bottle, you fill out the paperwork, you put it right back into the FedEx package they give you, and it, it ships. Okay, and do I guess I need to still set up an account with Polaris Labs ahead of time, or? No, that just that's when you recommend, when you right? Send in your first sample. You're, you've already paid for oh, okay, the, all right. you've paid for the oil sample and the 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 results. I mean, when you buy the kit, you're paying for everything. Okay, I see. No, it's just that uh, I got an opportunity here to run some trucks and get a little bit of a fleet going, and 
if I want to do that, I obviously that's something I want to look into, keep an eye on what's going on inside the engine. Absolutely. So, all right, I, thanks for your time, Kevin. You can move on and uh, talk to you some other time. Got, Take care, right, buddy. I'm going to put you back on hold, and Angie will make sure that we've got your question on the oil sample answered. I want to make sure we, we get you taken care of with that. Um, let's go to Texas. Sarah, welcome. Hi, my name is Sarah. I'm a nose breather, and <laughs> my resting tongue position is the front half rests on the roof of my mouth right behind my teeth. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. Um, <laughs> no, I and I had a thought for the caller um, um, from North Carolina. Like you, Kevin, I I avoid drinking anything during a meal because I don't want to water down my um, my stomach acid. And some one of the waitresses one time asked me, "Well, don't you need water to swallow your food?" And I said. No, you need to chew your food right. enough until right. the the salivary amylases and the saliva makes it liquid enough to swallow all on its own. And if you need water to wash your food down. Yeah, yeah, there's probably two things going on. They're probably not chewing well enough and they're probably dehydrated. Yeah. Mm hmm. If, you, if you're washing your food down with water, you are definitely not chewing enough. Right. Um, and then, so my other, the, the reason I called in was, um, today is the 21st. It's the winter solstice. I took an idea from Dr. Perlmutter's book, um, uh, Brain Maker, Whole Life Plan. He said... He, you know, talks about the benefits of fasting every once in a while. He goes, and if you're only going to do it, you know, minimally, do it on the change of season. Oh, that's interesting. And I remember two years ago I did, yeah, I did a five-day fast around winter solstice. And then after that I did um, 34-hour fasting every every other day for like three months. Got um, it. But but this year, I was talking to a friend of ours, and he has cancer. He's going through, had some chemo, and he's having a lot of issues, doing a lot of research, and he's decided that um, there's a Dr. Eric Berg who talked to a guy named Guy Penenbaum and um, some other people who actually cured their cancer by doing prolonged fasting. So our friend said, I, I got to do this because I don't want to go back to chemo and I don't want to be on these drugs. Right. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, when you fast, I'll fast. Fast with you to support you. So he let me know the other day. He goes, I'm fighting tomorrow for five days until Christmas Eve. And then I'm going to eat some eat, eat meat with, while, my, while my family meeting Christmas dinner. And then day after Christmas, I'm going to start, start another long fast again so I said you know what I'll do that with you so I posted about that um, in Healthy Tribe and I also shared a link to a book that Guy Tenenbaum wrote about his, his, his journey 
with cancer and the prolonged testing and how it helps heal his heal him from cancer. He doesn't show he has cancer anymore. Yeah. I posted that in the tribe and a, a couple other tribe members actually have already said, Hey, I'm going to do that too. I'm going to fast for solstice and I'll do 36 hours. I'll do 48 hours. I'm in 66 hours into that. And so I thought that was really cool. I yeah, I just love is. how the tribe just, Hey, jump jumps in and does stuff. But just wanted to share if anybody knows anyone who has cancer and, um, they're going through some stuff, maybe check out the links in that post. And um, there's also a, a YouTube video with Dr. Berg further down in the comments that you can look at. And if you're interested, share them with your family members. That's interesting, Sarah, because I have a family member who was diagnosed with cancer several years ago and Prolon was recommended to him. And I love Prolon. <laughs> I do it several times a year myself. I actually just did one a few, uh, I guess it was like a month and a half ago. So I, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. Are you saying prolon? What's that? Yes. Oh, I thought that's what you said, prolong. Oh, oh no, prolonged fasting. Like we're doing five days oh, this week and then I, and then I think 21 a, days and I'm probably a, going to match up with Lent and do a 40-day fast too. Oh, wow. Awesome. I thought you were talking about Prolon is a fasting mimicking cleanse diet, basically. Oh, oh, that's and it's five. Yes, I did hear about that. I, I have heard about <laughs> that in a book. I okay. do remember that. Got it. No, I'm just talking about fasting for a long time. <laughs> well, good luck and keep us posted on it for sure. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing water with. Um, Two scoops of cardio a day when the, when at different times of the day. It's not really morning and night when you drive around the clock. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially Vic and I do the seven and three splits. So it's, there is no morning and night. Three hours on, three hours in the sleeper, seven hours on, seven hours in the sleeper. And it just goes around the clock. But I'm doing a, two scoops of cardio a day. In, in hot water and also um, just different teas. But excellent. I, I I can I don't don't know what it is about me, but when I have a purpose to fast, I can just you know, just start. I don't need to plan or prepare or anything like that. Right. Um, the hardest thing is cooking for Vic while I'm fasting. I'll bet. Yeah. It would be hard because if I'm that, fasting, I just, the, I, I just don't want to be around food at all. Yeah, that's where the pressure can stews come in handy. I just go grab a jar of stew that I pressure can and heat him up a bowl and hand it to him and I'm done. There you go. But I want to say Merry Christmas to everybody and Happy New Year's. If I don't know if you are you guys going to be on on next week. Uh, yeah, well, I think we've got uh, three days next week, probably Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I think. Okay. I'll call back next Wednesday because i got a great New Year's thing to share with everybody. Excellent. But, uh, so I'll talk to you guys next week. We'll look forward to it. Thanks for the call. Great. 
Let's, uh, oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. I just had this thought. Um, the conference I went to, I, I said it was kind of a last minute thing. I realized it'd be a great chance to go down and spend some time with Dr. Wolfson. I wasn't even really interested in the topic, which was anti-aging, but I, I, you know, I'm really glad I went. A lot of good things happened. Another one just uh, happened yesterday. So, you know, I've been talking about mm-hmm. sauna space, the the light bulbs that I use, that that light therapy, and the idea of could we turn the truck sleeper into an infrared sauna with their components, and could we set up a light that actually works while you're driving? And I've talked to the company several times. There was always some interest in it. And then the final answer with whoever I was dealing with was, this is a decision only our CEO can make. We'll have to get you in touch with him. Okay. And Mm -hmm. that just hasn't worked out for some reason. Uh, And I'm busy, so I don't always get Mm -hmm. back to things that, you know, I've got several projects going on. While I was at the conference, Sauna Space was there. So I went over and talked to the guy. And now it's in person, you know, you're face to face. We, I got talking about these ideas and, and he got really excited. And he said, let me take this back to the company. And I said, you know, I've talked to a couple of people there already. This seems to, you know, it has to get to the CEO. And he said, well, that's fine because I have a direct line to the CEO. So he said, that's who I'm going to talk to. And I got an email this week. Uh, the CEO is very excited about talking about um, creating products that'll work in the truck. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So uh, we're going to try to set up a call, probably wait till the, the first week after the holidays, although they were already trying to look for some times next week that might work. So that, uh, you, you know, it's, it's always different as much as we'd like to think we can use zoom calls and, you know, conference calls. And uh, it, there's always a change in things when you can do it face to face. It's always different. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. All right, let's, uh, let's keep rolling through the calls here. They keep coming in. Let's go to Missouri. Dale, welcome to the program. Hey, Morgan, Kevin, Laura. Uh, on a side note, before we get into this, when your callers call in, I can actually hear feedback like a, a reverberation of their voice, like the last three words they said in my headset. I don't know if any, the next person that comes on the line, if they're actually paying attention, not having the phone muted or what, you might ask them that. It, it, it's, it's not uh, on their end. It, it, it's not on their end. It's a volume issue on my end. It's actually feedback here in the studio. Uh, I, I've got to manage it. Okay. You know, the, the, the issue with cell phones especially is somebody will come in really hot and I've got to turn them down and then somebody else comes in and they're really quiet. And if I don't get it adjusted in time, you're going to hear a little bit of that feedback loop. Right. Kind of like podcasting. we got to adjust your modulation and everything because you'll be talking normal and you laugh and you blow my ear out type I, of deal. Which you don't do that, but some podcasters uh, don't have the equipment like you've got. Uh, yeah, our our challenge right now is especially when we have multiple guests on. The power hour is the most challenging because un, uh, under our current system, everybody has to come in on the same channel on my mixer. So the guests, the callers, 
they all come in on the same channel. Uh-huh. So when I've got Bruce in one place, Pete in another place, Leroy might be, you know, on a different phone or they're all on the same slider that controls volume. And then right. when the caller comes in, they are too. So that's part of when we build our own platform, we're going to separate all those out so we can control that volume much better. Right. But um, I got been taking the cardio miracle for a while. And uh, I started noticing that I have more energy, especially at night. And so what will happen is I'll get really... I, I don't go to bed unless I'm sleepy because I don't want to lay in bed twiddling my thumbs. So I'll go to bed when I get sleepy. And I've, I got a smart bed. We, we've talked about that before. But my sleep score, my smart bed is what exponentially down. Um, I'm tossing and turning a lot. And then if, the weird thing about it is, is at the very end of the night, like typically I'll wake up around 5 a.m. Tuesday through uh, Sunday. And then Monday I wake up earlier. But... Uh, about three o'clock, I just get super comfortable and I just sleep like a rock for two hours. And I was got thinking about your sleep issues that you've had recently and you did that, that work with the adaptogens. And I was wondering, do you think something like that would benefit me on this or what do you think that is? So I'm working with several people. I'm working with Bruce because Bruce has some pretty major sleep issues. Uh, Here's what I I really think has happened. I think it explains a lot about what I've dealt with and what a lot of other people have dealt with. We do have a group of people that it seems like the healthier they got, the more sleep became an issue. Their sleep got shorter, um, sleep quality sometimes suffered. and, And I've explained it as I just felt like I always had too much energy. Like my body just didn't want to shut down and and get sleepy and go to sleep. And, you know, I, I went back and I've, I've looked at a lot of people, Dave Asprey with all the biohacking he's done and, and uh, uh, Ben Greenfield, the same thing. Both of those two had the same issues. They reported the healthier they got, the worse their sleep became. They've all tried biohacking all these things. I've tried it. I really think that it it is a, a matter of that where, how the energy is being expressed in our body. And I, I have a feeling that for a lot of us, we end up in that sympathetic dominant mode. Even though we don't feel stressed, we, we were like always on. And, and that was my issue. I felt like, well, I, I'm so healthy. I have so much energy and I just can't find the off switch. How do I turn it off and get, you know, eight hours of sleep like they tell us we're supposed to? I, I'm not sure that we do need eight hours yeah. of sleep as a human when we have good quality sleep. I have a feeling six might be a really good number. And I, I am finding through the work with the adaptogens the supplements now that we're working on directly with biotics and some supplement ideas I've been working on this whole time and the physical stress protocols I've talked about, that that is yeah. the answer and that will fix this. And we will get, and I, I'm experiencing it. I get to the point now where I am sleepy. I want to go to bed, I want to go to sleep and my sleep is improving. 
and I still have lots of energy. It's just my body becomes better at turning that energy on and off is, is the best way I can explain it. Well, as far as that goes, the adaptogens you took, do uh, you think the one that lady uh, put together a protocol for you specifically for sleep, do you think I'd, I would benefit from that? Because what I don't want to do is get so uh, sleep despaired long term that this turns into a problem. I'd rather, I, yeah. I can see the numbers day by day by day by day, and it's like, I, I, it's time to intervene, you know? You know, the, the adaptogens... But the weird thing is, I'm not tired all freaking day. Uh, yeah, the, the adaptogens can be personal, and, and I think it can work really well when you have somebody so good at it, like Danielle, and she gave me a specific protocol. And But I, I, I've played around with them enough now to know that even if we stick to kind of the, the big picture, we know Rishi is one of the adaptogens that really dials down the sympathetic mode. You know, there are other adaptogens that are more focused on immune function, and then there are adaptogens that are focused on brain um, function and cognition. And so it, it, it may not be a perfect protocol for each person. It might be, but I really believe that it's, it's the right approach to start fixing this problem. So yes, I think that if you did the exact same thing I did, you would see improvements, which is really what I'm working through with Bruce right now. I'm just taking him through exactly what I was doing and we'll see what kind of results we get with him. Well, cause I do the cold exposure and do the Wim Hof breathing. I, I don't have a infrared sauna, but uh, like yourself, I don't feel stressed out, but and I've, I've went uh, through periods when I working for the truck line I do that I, I was a facility trainer and I onboarded employees for several years. And then I facilitated truck driving school and then we was short a supervisor and they couldn't get a wreck open to hire one. You know how big companies are. It's, it's an act of Congress to change. So they actually stuck me in the seat of a supervisor and I'm doing outbound dock and daytime line hall meeting turns. And when I get done, my brain was just it was like I was playing luminosity all day. My brain is just like yeah. nuke fast in fast forward mode. And it took me about three weeks to figure this out, but you can make a conscious decision to shut that off. My brother argues that point with me that you can't shut it off. And no, actually you can, you can choose to be an alcoholic. You can choose to not go to work. You can choose to shut your brain off. So you can Absolutely. go to sleep. But right now I'm having, I'm having an issue with, making it stop it's just like and, and it's not so much my brain it's just i'll lay in bed and i'm just so super still and i'm just for shits and giggles out my eyes wide open and i'm just looking at the scene like god i could just go play tennis right now you know it's just like i yeah, wish i could so sleep though it, it, it again it, it's not it's not that we have too much energy we have plenty of energy and we could go do those things but it, we, we need to be able to turn that off. And that's kind of what's gone yeah. wrong. And, and that's the, the, the hormone balance, the adaptogens, the, the physical part of the stress protocol really doesn't help quite as much with this. That's not the point of it. The physical part of the stress protocol is building our stress muscle, making it stronger and more resilient. 
but we still want to be able to turn off that. We, we don't want to be in that sympathetic mode all the time. We, we shouldn't be there very often, honestly. All right. Two more questions, though. One is, um, would uh, the uh, cardio miracle, would that be an uh, interruption of a fast and spike uh, insulin? You know, I, I don't get too crazy about the definition of what a true fast is. I mean, if we wanted to get well, a true fast, you it, don't even have any liquid. Correct. And, and, and yeah. So there's all there's a, it's a whole spectrum of what really is a fast, and I, I just think that arguing that is kind of a waste of time. Here's the way I look at kind of like torque and horsepower. Somewhat, but it, it's also, you know, the idea of when we recommend a carnivore diet, not, I, I don't ever believe that anybody's going to be 100% carnivore. I don't expect it. I don't believe it. And it's not necessary. It's a continuum. And I try to explain it as the more animal foods you eat and the fewer plant foods you eat, the better your result will be. But that's not to say if you decide to eat a giant bowl of salad one day that you've wiped out all of your results. That, that's not how this works. And, and it's the same thing here. Right. It, it, if you want to go do a true fast, an absolute true fast, then do it, I guess. But I also believe that if I'm doing a fast and I decide to add some cardio miracle, it, it doesn't negate all the benefits of fasting. It's just somewhere else on the continuum. Okay, well, I was just wondering because that uh, obesity code book I just got done with, it, it was talking about the benefits that come on board with fasting after specific amounts of hours, like your growth and, hormone kicks in. And, and, and it, I, I get that. that. Would, the, would that be I, enough of an interruption to stop that? No, I, I don't believe that for a second. And we don't have enough testing and we're never going to have enough testing to prove those kind of nuances. You know, one of the ways I approach okay. this is we as human beings tend to get tied up in the nuances and the little deal, you know, breakers that and we let those get into our head. It's kind of like people who call me and want to know which one's going to be better, an S&P 500 fund or an EFA fund. Well, that's not really the most important question here. The most important question is, are you even saving for retirement? You know, we have people who haven't really right. fixed their diet yet, and they want to know the difference between this supplement and that supplement. I, you know, they're probably so close, it's never going to matter. We, we should pay more attention to the big picture stuff and not get so tied up in some of these nuances. All right. So, uh, yes, uh, when, when we're done, if you could... Um I don't know if your the lady field Nichols could uh, hook me up with an order that kind of duplicates what, what you did, uh, adaptogen wise for sleep or. Yeah, uh, let me think if we even have them in stock. Yeah, I'm gonna put you back in the queue right now, and I will. Um, hey, Lauren, why don't you comment <laughs> so I can type because I can't type and talk at the same time, and I'll send Angie a note on what to send him. Yeah. So I'm sorry, comment on what exactly? Anything you want. Just so I don't have to talk. 
All right. Well, uh, I'll just mention a question that actually came in recently. So we had a trucker call or actually write in yesterday with a question. And I was curious to hear Kevin's take on this, but I'm just going to read the question real quick and then give my two cents on it. But basically he says, I'm a trucker, um, also a longtime listener and customer of the tribe while munching on my lemon blueberry granola bite that I bought from your store. I noticed on the ingredient list that hemp seed is one of the ingredients. My question is if I was called to do a drug test, will I have any issues of losing my CDL contract with with uh, the company I work for, please advise. So I thought it was an interesting question, but I didn't have, I, I wasn't 100%, you know, certain of the answer. But when I first think about it, you know, hemp, first of all, is very low in THC. The highest concentrations of THC in the hemp plant actually live in the leaves and the flowers of the plant, not so much not so much in the seed. So from my understanding, if you are eating something that has some bit of hemp seeds in it, it should not affect a drug test. Now, the main reason for this is because, number one, I, I don't think, you know, when I'm pretty certain that they're not testing for hemp, what they're testing for is the THC. And because the concentrations are so low in the seeds, it shouldn't be an issue. But so, then I went I, and I did a general search. Oh, do you have? Do you, I would love your two cents, Kevin, because it's very interesting to me. <laughs> Believe it or not, I actually learned something at the conference about this. Um, oh, great! Yeah, so I, I did sit in on a, an entire afternoon of um, the endocannabinoid system and the cannabinoids and hemp and. Um, how all of this works. And, and I learned a couple things that I didn't realize. So it turns out the distinction between a hemp plant and a cannabis plant is not as clear as we thought. Really, they're all the same plant and all, we're, all that distinguishes them apart is the amount of THC that's in the plant. So... Mm -hmm. There really isn't any difference between cannabis and hemp other than it's just the amount of THC that determines what we're going to call it. In order to be considered hemp, the plant has to produce less than 0.03% THC. If it comes in at 0.04% THC, it now gets classified as cannabis. It has to be 0 0.03 or less mm. to be considered hemp. When we pull the CBD out of the plant, however we do it, there are multiple ways to get the THC out or the, or the, the cannabinoids out. Um, that's what, again, we go back to the, the THC level itself. Now, when we're extracting CBD, you can have full spectrum. So again, we're talking about something that was considered a hemp plant. So let's say it's at 0 0.03, we can call it hemp. If you were to pull what mm -hmm. they call full spectrum, you pull all of the cannabinoids out of that plant, 
there is a small chance that you could actually show positive on a cannabis drug test. It's very small because there's just not enough in there. It's there, it's present, but it's not like if they detect a tiny bit, you fail the test. There are levels you have to get to. But they said if you are really concerned about it, you probably shouldn't use a broad spectrum. There is a chance. Now, they also said that people have been caught up in this. There's a secondary test that you can take that would prove that you really didn't consume any THC. But, you know, do you want to go through that? And so if you're concerned about it, you should avoid broad spectrum CBD products. Then, oh, I'm sorry, full spectrum. Then the next level down is broad Mm -hmm. spectrum. There is a chance, but it gets even smaller that you could trigger a positive, but these chances are really remote. Then there are what they call CBD isolates. And if they extract the isolates, then there's no risk of um, showing positive on a drug test. So yes, there is Mm -hmm. some minor risk if you're consuming any part of a hemp or cannabis plant that you could exceed the THC levels. It's possible. So it's pretty rare. Um, And then the other issue is the isolates, in my opinion, don't work as good and probably never will because when we try to isolate certain nutrients, we find out it doesn't work as good as if you take all of the nutrients that come from a plant or an animal or whatever it is. Every time we try to isolate something, it's my opinion that it just doesn't work as well. Yeah, got it. I totally agree. It's the same thing with supplements. You don't want to just take a supplement on an empty stomach. It's a very isolated form, if it's even a proper form. And so you want to be taking them with food, especially when you're talking fat-soluble vitamins and stuff like that. So that makes complete sense. Yeah, so... You know, I really see the best results with with these products when there is some THC present. Uh, unfortunately for drivers, that's just not an option. It's why we don't talk about it a lot. I would probably spend more time on this issue, uh, but you, mm-hmm. we just can't. I mean, that that's not an option for drivers. I I did learn why we might see better results out of some CBD products. I'm just not completely convinced yet that even the very best CBD products are worth the cost. They're expensive. it, It takes a lot to, you know, concentrate this stuff down. I'm just not seeing enough good results really right now to be recommending CBD on a wide scale. Yeah. But the question, just so to circle back to the question that was asked, the no grain granola that we carry in the store is probably not going to no cause way. someone to right. fail. Right. They drop dead. There, there's, <laughs> right. The, the, the hemp seed that is in there is in a very small amount. You would have to eat, you know, 10 cases of that granola and then immediately take a test and you probably still wouldn't trip anything. There we go. All right. Great. Let's get back to the phones. Let's go to Texas. Steven, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Uh, I'll be the first to admit that I haven't paid attention to this uh, 
issue because I didn't think it would happen to me, but I got put on a statin uh, yesterday. And hey, uh, hey, hey Stephen, I, I know you've talked about Stephen. Yes, sir. Hey, did, does that mean somebody yes, put a gun to your head and said, "Hey, swallow this"? No, I haven't taken it yet. Okay. Well, you said yet. I got I got uh, put on a statin. It sounded like it was non-negotiable to me. Well, no, he, he prescribed a statin. Got uh, it. But I don't know all my numbers. I just know that he put it put me on it because of my LDL was uh, one twenty nine. So he what? said it needed to be around seventy five, and I know you've talked about uh, that they're not good for you. I, I'd just, love for him to show me the study where he thinks LDL should be around seventy five. There is none. Right. That's just that's just what he said. I don't like I said. I haven't paid attention much to it because I didn't think it affected me uh, because I've always had I've never never had any issues with it before. Uh, never even been told I was close. Go go do a yearly physical every year. Never said anything about it. And then all of a sudden this year, I'm, you know, I'm elevated. Yeah, that's because they change all the recommendations and they put out bullshit like your LDL has to be at 75 or you should have a statin. And that's how they sell more statins. Right, right. There's so, zero just, proof to that. Just don't I mean, take the, it as the, any, the overwhelming scientific evidence says, first off, we have to know what type of LDL you have. We can't just put some random number on it. There, there okay. are LDLs that are very beneficial to our health. We would want more of those, not less. Okay. So tell me so about your diet. There, well, I, I, I've been, I was keto, lost over right at 100 pounds uh, when I was over the road, came back running local, got off of it with kids and the wife. And now I've just started back on it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, very strict, uh, lost, uh, right at, uh, let me think, I think it's right at 28 pounds in two weeks. Excellent. Uh, but, so, uh, so, trying to, trying to get back on it and trying, I mean, my wife does it, but the kids kind of don't, but, uh, whenever they're home, whenever they're home and whatever we cook, that's what they eat. Yeah. And, and the one thing we all have to realize is we, you know, I, I get it, you know, spouses and kids and family members, all those things can complicate the issue. But ultimately, where we as individuals are the only ones that get to decide what goes in our mouth. Correct. And we just have to remember that and say, look, I, I, I've just made the decision. This is how I'm going to eat. If, if you're going to eat differently, we'll we'll figure something out, but it's not going to change the way I eat. And, right. you know, yeah, the, that's kind of the point I've come to. The other decision I think people need to make, and we get a lot of people stuck in the middle and I get it. I, I have made the decision that in my life, the only reason I am going to any kind of traditional doctor, clinic, hospital, any kind of healthcare whatsoever is for trauma only. I broke my hand. I want a surgeon and, and I'm fine with that. But when it comes to my health, I will not go to a traditional doctor for anything else other than trauma. That's it. I'm not going for cancer screenings. Right. I'm not going for any kind of medical screenings. I'm not going to find out what my cholesterol is. If any of those things matter to me, I'm going to go to a good functional medicine doctor. And honestly, I don't even see why I need one of those most of the time. Right. Well, my doctor is not a functional doctor, but he is more on 
So wait, uh, wait, we've had you, a lot of conversations so, about so, that. So, hold on. You said he's not a functional medicine doctor, but he's more, and then you cut off. More what? Uh, he just, he's just more on those beliefs. Uh, you know, uh, he's, he's all for keto. Uh, I've had several conversations about the, with the keto. He, he thinks it's great. Um, I, I didn't really have a conversation with him about the statin because I didn't know much about it. Like I said, I haven't paid attention. I just, you know, I had a few well, questions but, about but, it. Talked to him you know, I, I, I know it may not be fair to judge somebody on one thing, but I'm going to. He still recommended a statin for a completely wrong reason. He still is trained in pharmaceuticals are the answer, and they're not. Right. Okay. The, the whole point of changing our diet is so that we don't need pharmaceutical drugs. We, we do not have a deficiency of statins in our body. So that can't be the answer right. to whatever he thinks the problem is. He can't even identify the real problem here, though. He just has some number he's been right. told is wrong. It's not. We haven't right. even identified the problem, but we're so sure that you need a statin. I, that, that, those are the doctors I just will not deal with. When their only answer is a pharmaceutical right. drug and you can't even tell me why I need it, I, I just will, I, I refuse to do that anymore. Okay. Well, is there anything that I need to, uh, I mean, is there any other kind of testing I can do to, I mean, I guess. To see if you need a statin or not? No, not necessarily to see if I need a statin, but any, I don't know what I'm trying to ask, to be honest with you. Uh, Fix your diet. That's all you should be thinking about. Just fix your diet. Working on that. that. Then keep working on it. We're that we're back we're back on we're back on and there's uh nothing that's gonna stop me this time. I you know, I'm dead set in my mind to get back to where I was and get, get this weight back off like I did the first time. Excellent. And and you know, we we continue to learn and grow and create new protocols. So I, I'm never going to say we know everything we need to know about diet. We don't, but we know a lot. You know, we, we know what you should be eating and what you shouldn't be eating. And once you've got that figured out, then we do move on to other things. We'll, we'll help you with stress and strength and sleep issues. And uh, it, it, there is always something. And that's the good news. I mean, I feel amazing that I feel better coming up on 60 years old than I did at 30. And you know what? I know I'm not done. I, I now know that I, I suck at breathing, obviously, uh, but that's good news for me. That, that just means if I fix one more issue, I'm going to feel even better. Yeah, I, okay. I, forgot how, how, I forgot how good I feel when I'm on keto. Exactly. And that's not the end. We, we can keep going. We can do more things. We can feel even better. You know, Lauren, I, I talked about the fact that I used to call people Neanderthals as an insult, and then I found out that I have more Neanderthal DNA than 98% of the population, I think, have, and now I'm being called a mouth breather. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a complex here soon. There you go. I know. I know. Let's, uh, oh, let's go to Texas. Dwight, welcome to the program. Uh, yes, sir. Um, 
I'm going to kind of touch on a, quite a few things, and but it, uh, I think it'll all tie together. Uh, I'm trying to nail down some problems and issues, and uh, I wanted the diesel watch, and my wife gave got it from your store and gave it to me Saturday because I'm going to be gone all Christmas holidays. So I now have my diesel watch. Excellent. And... I'm trying to, what I'm trying to nail down, I've got a fairly clean diet. You know, we're grass-fed, hardly any grains, a cheat here and there. So the the, the diet, now the problem with my diet is I have no appetite. So that is one of my bigger... Well, I don't know. Uh, in some ways, there's some some stress. Although I got the watch Saturday, so you know I got to get more time into it. But what little bit I've found at this time is no surprises in the sleep section. The uh, sleep section is horrible. You know, single digit to teens as far as REM sleep, uh, and that's out of you know, four and a half hours of sleep total. So not getting much sleep, but I I do think it's getting better and my mind is getting better because with all this talk on the mushrooms, I have been taking quite a bit of mushrooms, some of it for the mind. Uh, So I'm doing the coffees, the teas, and I'm doing the additives with the uh, lion's mane, which is supposed to help with the cognitive. And I do think that really is helping. Good. Um, Good. You know, because I've, I've got a, you know, I have a lot of garble gook in my head. So, so that that's where I'm at. So I'm I'm just trying to nail down. And get my appetite because when I, my wife makes me excellent food. I have a refrigerator in the tuck. She makes me good, you know, like I said, grass-fed, everything. Uh, more, I'd say more carnivore, you know. We're, as you say, carnivore-ish. I mean, by no means am I total carnivore, but I, I don't have all the other junk to go with it. Okay. And... I haven't done a Nutri-Q since the last CMC. And when we went to the CMC, or I went, we were all there, I was in pretty good shape. I had muscle mass. Everything was pretty good. I had the refrigerator then. I was was really eating good. And about a year later, it just, it's gone down. And I've lost total Oh, probably close to 15 pounds from that point to now. And I have no muscle mass. Uh, it's just crazy. So I, I'm well, hoping well, the, the watch hold, and the mushrooms will get me on track. Well, hold, hold on a second. <laughs> there are no foods we can eat or supplements we can take that create muscle mass. Well, I, I know. And I have the X3 bar because I got that for last Christmas. Well, you know, you so, have to use it, though. 
I know, but I have to use it selectively because I, I do have a hernia. So I've got to, um, that is a challenge. So, well, all I'm telling you is, 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 is you made it sound like you lost all this muscle mass and you didn't know why and, and you kept focusing on food. Food and muscle mass have almost nothing to do with each other. Muscle mass comes from okay. resistance okay. training. Okay. Well, I'll, um, I'll I have a work question. on that more. Okay. How is your digestion? Because sometimes when we oh, don't yeah. have an appetite... It, and our muscle mass is, you know, not where we want it to be. Sometimes we're not digesting our proteins properly for assimilation. Yes. Well, uh, I, 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 it's horrible. It is. It, it does. It is. And that's, and, and so that'll lead me into my next quick question is, uh, to do the NutriQ, do I just go onto the website and click on it? And will it send me the email or do you have to do that? <laughs> <laughs> this is a great question. <laughs> I love this because this is actually in my Q&A today on Facebook Live. <laughs> so, yes, you go, you know, you're going to go to letstruck.com. You're going to hover over work with us. You're going to get prompted to another page and you're going to fill that out and it'll get sent to you. Okay. Right? Okay. And then I highly recommend once you do that, schedule a discovery call because then I can sit oh, there and yeah. go through the results with you and recommend what to do based on your NutriQ results. But if you're not digesting your, food, your foods properly, you're, that's, that's first and foremost. That's a foundation. Health-wise, you won't get to your goals until you make sure you're doing that, okay? Well, and that is going to be our number one problem for sure. Okay. I know that. <laughs> well, there you go. So, uh, and I know... Um, but um, uh, I really am a procrastinator, even though I know what I should be doing. So, um, but I, you know, so I'm gonna do that. And uh, the watch is gonna be a, a big help uh, in the other areas. I do do believe um, helping me get my. Uh, my hydration down and, and everything with that. Um, Kevin, one thing, uh, quick deal once, and they tell you, you want, we got to do at least a week and then three weeks for the HRV. What, what is the number? I'm, is there a number that you need to be looking for on HRV? Yes. No, you just want to see what yours is and you want it to go up. Think of HRV like net worth. Up. There's no magic number, we, but we always want okay. our net worth to go up over time. We want our HRV to go up over time. The higher the number is, the healthier we are. So there's no point comparing ours to anybody else's. Just compare it to your own and constantly work to improve it. Make it higher. Hey, um, okay. All righty. Well, um, I am going to do the NutriQ and do the discovery call. And because, uh, yes, uh, digestion is going to be huge. It is. Not only is it, but mine is. And uh, so anyway, well, thanks a lot. Uh, this will push me to get that. And as I get more, more scores on my watch, I'll 
call back, and I'm sure I'll have questions, and I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. I look forward to it. Let's go to Florida. Kevin, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, can I get CME somehow for listening to your show? I doubt it. It'd be interesting, though. What do you need CMEs for? I have, I have for my nursing license. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? And I'm, that would be yeah, great. I'm listening to your uh, your guest last week, Doctor. I can't remember his name. Amazing. Learned so much, and I'm thinking, how come I can't get time for this? Because I'm learning so much, but it's not traditional medicine. But my main question is, what's a functional doctor? Oh, good question. Um, so let's talk about big picture. What, uh, in general, what functional kind of means, whether we're talking about functional medicine, functional nutrition, the, the overriding theme here is that if you practice or study functional medicine, nutrition, health, you believe that the body can heal itself. That, that there is no shortage of pharmaceutical drugs in our body. It's not a deficiency of statins or, you know, PPIs or that, that the body is completely capable of being healthy without pharmaceutical drugs. It needs nutrients. And if it has the right nutrients, it that's can That's a hard fix. position to find. It, 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 that, that's really the overriding theme is that we, in order to keep people healthy, whatever they're suffering from, we need to identify the root cause. We have to keep working backwards until we get to the root cause of what is the problem, and then we find nutrients to fix it. That's the basis of functional um, practitioners, whether they're doctors or nutritionists or chiropractors. We, we just believe that the body can heal itself if you give it the right nutrients. How do you go about finding people that are specializing in that? Because having worked with physicians for 30 years, you're naming some people. I don't know if I've ever met people like that that think that way. Uh, not probably, yeah, you're not going to find them in the sick care system where you're training in now. Um, you know, here's the interesting thing. There's, well, there's, no, I worked in it for 30 years. Oh, uh, so you know. Um, there's a website. Yeah. So there, there's, there's also, also a website, the yeah, go ahead. Sorry, the, the, the Institute for Functional Medicine, it's ISM.org. That's where I direct people, gosh, quite often if they're, you know, if they don't like, you know, the, what their doctor's telling them, they don't agree with their doctor's telling them, they want to get off meds, but every time they have the conversation, the doctor changes it. So that's where I always direct them, the Institute for Functional Medicine, and you can search by state, zip code, all of that. And that's probably the largest so group, but but it's not the only group. Uh, Dr. Wolfson, for example, sure. who is the cardiologist you heard on the show last week, he is functionally yes, trained, sir. but he didn't do his functional training with the IFM. He did it with A4M, the group that was holding the conference last week. There are other groups and institutions that train functional doctors, that train functional nutritionists, that train functional chiropractors. So it, it's not a 
it's not a one size fits all or there's only one group doing this. There isn't any true designation. You know, there there isn't any true, you know, one set of letters you put after your your name and now you're a functional doctor. Um, for example, the the training both Lauren and I went through, um, when I went through it, they didn't use the word functional. You were an NTP, a nutritional therapy mm-hmm. practitioner. Over the years, if they've altered mm-hmm. some of their beliefs and their training, the designation is now an FNTP, a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. Mm-hmm. Do you think the DOs are getting this incorporated in? They get a more of a much, much more kind of a holistic approach. I always thought of. Do you think they're getting any of this? Um, some, some, but not not to the level of what you'll see at the IFM, or not to the level of of what you'll see with like a Dr. Wolfson, who is almost completely anti-pharmaceutical. I mean, it, it would have to be the absolute last thing he would ever do. He's amazing, and I love that about him, and he's so right. I mean, you guys have so many great ideas, and it's medicine that I've never been involved in, although I dealt with trauma for 30 years. So, And, you know, I've said we have the most amazing trauma system anywhere. Our, our doctors are brilliant. Our procedures are incredible. Um, I, my life was saved by a, a high level trauma center when I got in a motorcycle accident or I wouldn't be here right now. Um, when I crushed my hand, you know, a, a really good trauma surgeon, you know, got me virtually full use of my hand back. I, I am in awe of that part of our system for trauma. We're amazing. It is. And it works very well. But the problem is once you're through that trauma, it falls apart. Correct. They, they have nothing long term. There is nothing about our system. I, I now call it our sick care system. That, that's all it is. They're going to keep and you that's sick. that's a good way to put it. Yeah, they're, they're never going Absolutely. to make you healthy. They'll fix your trauma. They're excellent at that. Then it, the problem is, had I followed all of their advice, I would probably uh, be on some sort of long-term anti-inflammatory because I still would have had problems with the bones I've broken over the years. The, the trauma that I had, you know, under the standard American diet and drugs never heals. We always end up with this low-level inflammation and pain, and and then we're in the system, and it, it, it's really... You know, you hear me say you really don't want to be in the middle of these two systems. You don't want to be going back and forth from a doctor telling you you have to have the statin or you're going to have a heart attack and then trying to talk to the functional medicine doctor about eating liver. I mean, pick one or the other. They, they don't go too well together. That makes sense. Well, thank you so much. It was an education in itself. If you ever figure out CMEs, let me know. It will do. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm laughing about that because I despise CMEs so much that I spend all this money and I put in all the work to get these designations and then I don't use them because I don't want to play their stupid CME game. Um, I, I get it. When, when you are, you know, when you hold one of these designations, I get it. You should continue to learn. And that's the idea behind CMEs. I, I do so much reading and so much research, and m- most of it, there, there's no way to get CME credits for it, and that just makes me crazy. 
I am a constant learner, and yet they want to tell me, no, you have to fill out this form, and you have to pay this money, and you have to go through this course to get CME credits. I, it, that's okay. I, I just really don't need the initials. Um, now, I, I will say that I am still completely qualified to use my FNTP. Um, I like the way they went with their their continuing education. They got rid of the whole CME program, which I, I actually kind of like. Uh, Lauren, anything you want to uh, comment on on what we've been talking about, or do we want to move on to digestion? Let's move on to digestion just so we can make sure that we cover it. Excellent. You know, so let's we do, we do it justice, basically. <laughs> yeah, I know you had some specific things you wanted to get to. Let let's do it like this. Let's have a little fun with this. Um, I'll start. We're gonna we're gonna map out our digestive system from start to finish, from north to south, uh, and we'll alternate. Mm-hmm. I'll start with step one, and then you do step two. And what do you think? Great. That's perfect. All right. So. This is a back to the basics segment. A lot of you have heard a lot of this before, but it really helps to keep hearing it. We haven't done this one in a while. So the the question, this is, you know, a good trick question. You can almost always fool people with this one. You know, you explain to them that digestion is north to south. That starts in the north, finishes in the south. And then the question is, where does digestion start? And a lot of people might say, well, in the mouth. Uh, close, but we need to go a little farther north. Digestion actually starts in the brain. When we think about food, if we see food, if we smell food, it can activate digestion. The the process starts Mm -hmm. before food even touches our mouth or our hand even. Just seeing it, smelling it, or thinking about it can start the digestive process. So digestion starts in our brain. Now, the biggest takeaway about this is what what do we call the two halves of our nervous system, Lauren? How do we refer to them? What are the terms we use? We use parasympathetic, which is the rest and digest, and sympathetic, which is the fight or flight. Perfect. Now let's think about that. Fight or flight, rest and digest. The word digest is actually in this term. That must tell us something, right? Mm -hmm. And what it tells us is if we want good digestion, we need to eat when we're in the rest and digest mode. That's the whole point. If you're not in that mode, digestion doesn't work very well. Sometimes it doesn't even work at all. And, and the logic behind this, let's go to the fight or flight mode. And, and I mentioned earlier that we need to spend a lot less time in this, that this is one of the big problems with our modern lifestyle. What, what, is, the, what is the ultimate use of the fight or flight mode? Why does it even exist? Ultimately, when should fight or flight kick in? Survival. Survival. Like if we're going to die, this has to be a big enough event that that there is a potential we could die here. When, Lauren, honestly, 
When was the last situation where there was a real danger of you dying? Luckily, not too, not too often. It, it doesn't happen all that often, does it? No, it doesn't. Thank goodness. It, yeah, there aren't many predators wandering around in the streets like animal predators um, that are, you know, mm-hmm. hiding behind a stop sign waiting to jump out and eat us. They're... We really don't encounter, you know, hostile tribes that want to kill us and drag our women away and, you know, steal our woolly mammoth. That that doesn't happen all that often. Why do we spend all this time in the fight or flight mode? Oh, we're just full of stressors these days, Kevin. And And our body doesn't understand the difference between... I'm 15 minutes late to an important meeting and I'm about to get hit over the mm-hmm. head with a club. It, it can't distinguish between exactly. those two. And so many things yeah. in our lifestyle now trigger this fight or flight mode and we end up staying in it all day. And then we can't sleep and we can't wind down and our digestion sucks and we don't feel good and we don't have any energy and we don't have any energy because you're not digesting your food. You, you've got heartburn because you're not digesting the nutrients you need to make good stomach acid. I mean, we could go on and on and on that our digestion is compromised simply because we can't get ourselves out of the fight or flight and into rest and digest. So this is a, a one of the big reasons why we, we've got to beat this stress thing. So This, I believe, is one of the reasons why cultures throughout history have created rituals around meals. Something as simple as saying Mm -hmm. grace, that that it's a way to slow down. And and when we say grace, aren't aren't we practicing gratitude? Yes. Isn't that kind of the point of most of these rituals around food? We're grateful for the food, for the nourishment. That does a couple things. It gets our body prepared to get nutrients and nourishment, but it also turns off that fight or flight mode and puts the body into the parasympathetic, the, the rest and digest mode so digestion can actually happen. Because if you're about to die, whether or not you digest the last meal you just ate is not all that important at that moment. And it takes a lot of energy. So our body turns that off and says, we're going to put all our energy towards living. The problem is that should be a very, very short term thing and it shouldn't happen often. But when you grab fast food at a drive through and eat it in traffic... Uh, do you think you're going to be in the rest and digest mode? Absolutely not. No. No, we, we need to sit down, be grateful. We know the, the act of being grateful turns on the rest and digest mode, turns off that stress mode. It's really difficult to truly be grateful and stay in that fight or flight mode. It's almost impossible. So just by practicing true gratitude, being grateful for whatever, the food, the fact that we're still walking around on the planet, that alone can help turn off that that response. Some quiet meditation, 
You know, we, we, I, I've talked about the fact we have to build our stress muscle. We still also have to work, actively work to, to not stay in that stress mode all the time, to use things like meditation and mindfulness and gratitude to, to trigger our body to get out of that mode. One of the best times to do it is before you eat. So now that was step number one. How were you thinking about this food? Are you grateful for it? Are you... Are you thinking about the nourishment it's going to bring to your body or are you just grabbing something to shove in your pie hole because you're hungry? Does that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely. So <laughs> that was very good. That's step number one. Now where, where, where does step number two happen? Step number two happens in the mouth, which is both a mechanical and a chemical breakdown. So saliva is produced, you know, our taste buds sense the proteins, the carbs, and the fat within the food that we put in the mouth. Then some enzymes are released, like salivary amylase helps break down carbs in the, in the mouth, and lingual lipase helps break down the fats in the mouth. So they're already starting to get broken down in the mouth chemically with those um, different enzymes. And then also as you chew, that's the mechanical breakdown of food, which is really important. Not people don't chew their food enough. You know, it's hard to say exactly how much you should be chewing, but just know that, you know, you want to be taking your time. You want to chew it. So it's small enough portions, knowing that this is, you know, a very important step. So basically once that mixture of the food and the enzymes and the saliva, it um, kind of comes together, it creates what we call a bolus and it starts moving through your esophagus and into the next step, the stomach. Yes, I'll pick up there. But I, and I also, you reminded me of something else. We should go back and make it clear mm-hmm. that we're talking about these in order. How does this occur? What's the order that it happened? The other important factor here is if you compromise any step in the process, either completely skip mm-hmm. it or, or not do it properly, any compromise anywhere in the system compromises everything after that step. So the minute we- That's a good point approach food and we're in the fight or flight mode, even our mouth doesn't work properly at that point. We've compromised the first step. Now, every step after that will be compromised. So we can Mm -hmm. see how digestion could really go wrong here. There's a lot of steps and we should get them all right. And when we do and you get really good digestion, it's a pretty incredible thing. In a lot of ways, it helps your energy levels, it helps your nutrient levels, it helps your mood, it helps all kinds of things. I mean, how many people do we know mm-hmm. today with some sort of a digestive problem? It seems like everybody. So we want to make sure we do each step to the best of our ability. Otherwise, we compromise every step after. Had we grabbed yeah. this food in a hurry took a big bite of it, maybe a couple chews and then swallowed. Now, our, the, the next step that I'm going to talk about, the stomach, is horribly compromised because at that point, it didn't even realize food was coming. 
It didn't have time to release the gastric juices it needed to release more hydrochloric acid. All of a sudden, food just showed up and it wasn't prepared. So now that step's going to be compromised and the food is in too big of chunks to really for our stomach to be able to to digest it properly. So what's going to happen now is Mm -hmm. that food is going to move out of the stomach, not completely digested, which means now the next step, which you'll talk about next, gets compromised. So what's happening in, in after the mouth and the, the bolus ends up in the stomach. And, and again, you talked about a chemical breakdown and a mechanical breakdown in the mouth. The stomach is the same way. The stomach has muscles and it will squeeze the food. It creates a mechanical action that breaks food down even further and starts a whole cascade of chemicals to digest food, the hydrochloric acid and enzymes. And there's all kinds of things happening here. But again, the mouth and the stomach, both chemical breakdown and mechanical breakdown with the goal of separating food into its individual nutrients, macronutrients, um, micronutrients. That's the goal of digestion to take the food and break it down into all of its individual components. So that process is now continued from the mouth into the stomach, hydrochloric acid, digestive enzymes, all of those things are occurring and the, the stomach is also squeezing and, and working to break this food down and then it passes out of there into the next step, which we'll go, you'll go into, which really... This area, we're we're really looking at the liver, gallbladder, pancreas, and and what functions those Mm. perform. So pick it up from there. All right. So as, you know, the stomach does its job, at the very end of that, it does start to to turn that very acidic um, mixture into more alkaline so that it stays to travel past the stomach because that's how strong the stomach acids are. It needs to be, you know, more alkaline to not do damage to the rest of the digestive system. So that chyme leaves the stomach and goes into the very, the very top part of the small intestines called the duodenum. And that is where the, like you said, the liver, the gallbladder, and the pancreas really jump into action here. So the liver produces bile and bile salt, the gallbladder stores that bile, which emulsifies fats. It really breaks down those fats into much smaller, um, you know, fatty acids. And then the pancreas releases pancreatic juices, which have a lot of different types of enzymes like proteases to break down protein, amylases for carbs and lipases for fat as well as some bicarbonate to really get everything more alkaline just to help protect the rest of the small intestine. And so this is where the, you know, aside from the initial breakdown of those proteins in the stomach, this is where a lot of that extra breakdown occurs. And it really, most of the the breakdown should end here um, in terms of digesting. And so 
The duodenum also secretes um, CCK, which is cholecystokinin, which plays a, a major, it, it, it plays a major important role um, to stimulate the pancreas and the gallbladder and, and the motility, as well as provide, you know, the sensation of being full. So at this point, you should be getting the signal that it's time to stop eating, hopefully, so you're not overeating and really stressing out your digestive system because it can only handle so much at one time. So your brain gets the signal that, hey, I'm filling up, I'm full, I can't take any more foods in. And that's basically what's going on in that, that very next section. So if you want to take it from there, Kevin, um, yeah, go on ahead and, and, and we're, we're not through the whole journey yet, but I do want to go back and touch on a couple other things and then we'll move on to the next step. One, we also kind of started to identify things that can go wrong. We'll go back through a couple of those. In the brain, the first step, it, it's how we mm. think. It's, it's being in the fight or flight mode. We got to fix that. That's the number one thing that will go wrong in your brain. You didn't take the time to to stop and slow down and be grateful and, you know, get yourself out of that, that hectic fight or flight mode. In the mouth, you identified several issues. Not chewing properly is the big one there. Chew longer, chew more, try to liquefy the food before you swallow it. Um, that's the big issue that can go wrong there. In the stomach. The big issue that can go wrong, really, just weak stomach acid, right? Just not enough, not strong enough. That That's our major problem at the stomach level. Um, the area you just talked about, we could have poor bile flow. We could have sticky, sludgy bile. Um, we can have a, a lazy gallbladder that doesn't squeeze as strong as it should. We could have poor pancreatic juices. Mm -hmm. Isn't there some disease now that they actually call it um, insufficient pancreatic something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. yeah. It basically that we could just describe the way we describe a lazy gallbladder. It's just a lazy pancreas. It doesn't have the nutrients it needs to function properly. And then we call it a disease and come up with a drug. You don't need a drug to fix your mm -hmm. pancreas. You need some nutrients. The, the catch-22 with this is that the way we get nutrients is to have good digestion. I, well, if we don't have good digestion and we need nutrients to fix it, how do we get them? So th this is the challenge, and this is why we supplement so much in, in digestion. We supplement in a way to give the body the nutrients that it's not able to extract from its food. And, and then we give hydrochloric acid to make sure that we've got enough acid in there to, to digest the food. So those are the things that could go wrong up to where the, the point we're at now. Now, at this point, the food should, if we did all of these steps right, the food should be completely separated out to its macronutrients, its micronutrients, its vitamins, the minerals. Everything should be separated out and it should be in our small intestine. This is where we absorb the nutrients. We have villi that are like, they're like hair 
inside our intestines. And they're there because they increase the surface area that we have to absorb nutrients. Now, because of a poor diet and poor lifestyle, those, those villi become um, compromised. They, they don't stand up and spread out and create that big surface area like they should. They get shortened and flattened down. And now our, our body is compromised in that it can't absorb all of the nutrients you've eaten. So that's what's happening here is the absorption process is going on. The two things that can really go wrong here, the two big ones, one I just talked about. You've got a compromised function in your small intestine and you're not absorbing as much of the nutrients as you could. The second thing that can go mm -hmm. wrong is what we refer to as SIBO. We're small, remember we're in the small intestine so SIBO stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So we, we always talk about gut bacteria and how important it is, but it's also important that it's in the right place and the small intestine is not the right place. But when bacteria make it there because we have some function not working properly somewhere else in the digestive system, they'll cause problems because our our body will try to digest that at that point, And the bacteria will also try to digest our food at that point. And they'll create gases through, through the way they break down these nutrients. And that gas causes SIBO. So it's pain, it's pressure, it's, it's bloating and a lot of belching way up high. Um, we need to get that bacteria out of there. We really need to kind of go in and kill them off and, you know, create a condition where they don't grow back. So throughout this whole journey, which is a long, long journey through the small intestine, that's when we're absorbing the nutrients. And that's all we want going on in there. We don't want bacteria in there fermenting things. Then we move on to really kind of the final step. And I'll let you take over from there. Great. So yes. So as the small intestine, you know, the whole main function is the absorption. So that is where everything is absorbed in that smaller, you know, the smaller like fatty acids and whatnot. Then you get to the large intestine. Now there is some food, there are some foods that are not fully digested through the means that we just discussed. And those would be fiber and resistant starches. And there's a reason for this. And that's why we didn't want to confuse you in the beginning by even mentioning them because where they really, you know, really play a key role here is that they remain intact and move to the large intestines where they become food for our microbiota. So the microbiome there. So these microbes that live there, all those good bacteria, they, they eat these resistant starches in the fiber and they create very important nutrients that, that we really need. Some examples of this are vitamins K2 and B vitamins, some short chain fatty acids like butyric, you know, uh, butyric acid, um, which is used by the colon cells as a source of energy. 
which is really important to make sure that we have really good, healthy cells that, um, that support the colon and the small intestine. Both the intestines are very, I think they're only one cell thick, if you could imagine. That's how thin they are. We don't want to compromise them because that's where we get into leaky gut problems in the small intestine where food particles that are not fully digested can leak into the bloodstream and cause an immune response, um, which eventually can cause autoimmune diseases of all kinds. So that's why it's so important that we make sure that we're feeding this good, healthy microbiome, the proper foods, the fiber and resistant starches, so good fermented foods are great options. Um, and we know that serotonin is also produced by the cells of the colon um, by certain you know, gut microbes there. Um, a lot of people have been talking about anxiety and depression and how it's linked to a healthy gut microbiome. And that's really, that really seems to be the case these days that they're starting to uncover that and really recognize that the gut microbiota is really important. So that now leads us into, you know, the idea of gut dysbiosis and SIBO and things of that nature, like you mentioned, Kevin, which is a good way or a good place to, to kind of discuss a product that some people are familiar with that we carry in the store, but uh, a new product that they launched, which is kind of taking it to the next level, the Autrantil. Yes. And now we have Autrantil Pro. Um, which is a really exciting product. And, and you know, we've had other examples of this. Um, we have examples of, of kits, you know, digestive kits where, or immune kits where we have two levels of, of kit. So, you know, we, we try to get by with the, the least amount of supplementation we can use. We want to get our nutrients from real food, but we also know good targeted supplements are important. But, we don't want to use a bazooka when a slingshot is going to be strong enough. You know, we, we don't want to use the mm. nuclear option just because it exists. So many times we'll create kits or interventions that target the severity of somebody's problem. So if somebody, let we'll use Sibo as the example, that's what we're talking about. If somebody presents with, you know, kind of the typical SIBO um, symptoms, you know, some some pressure up high after they eat, you know, more belching than normal, um, that kind of thing. Well, you know, maybe it's a fairly mild case of SIBO and Atrantil usually takes care of it. Occasionally it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the symptoms get worse. And, you know, we're, we're, the Dr. Brown that created Atrantil the first time, he's a, a you know board certified gastroenterologist. He also had cases where his product wasn't working, and you know he kept trying to figure out why not, and he kept doing the research and he put a lot of time into this and realized that there were more severe cases that needed a, a different set of nutrients, it, the, some of the same but some additional. And he spent uh, several years working on this Atrantil Pro. Now, again, this isn't, we don't want to throw a, a hand grenade when, you know, a nine millimeter is going to be enough. So we, we always start with the, the lower doses, the, the 
the less powerful supplements. And then if that doesn't solve the problem, we can move on to the next one. So we, we probably won't put Atratil Pro into a kit. It will probably be one of those that, you know, you doing discovery calls or working on somebody with a one-on-one um, would look at it and say, you know, this might be a case where we need Atrantil Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And also, it's I, I think it's important to mention that, you know, the functional approach, the way that, that we will be recommending anything for this type of issue, like a SIBO issue or you know, any kind of, you know, dysbiosis is we always start with diet. We have to start the foundation. So number one, I'm not going to jump right into uh, a product to, you know, to kind of, a. I won't jump into addressing the issue, that issue at the beginning. Okay. Just like I explain when I go through the NutriQ is that we have to address those foundations first. We have to work from left to right. And on the left-hand side is always going to be diet and digestion. Digestion is critical because we can treat what's going on with a product like Atrantil, but if digestion is not, has not been addressed, the problem is never going to really go away. And if it does seem like it will, or it does, then it will absolutely come back if you do not address digestion. So diet, then digestion, and then we work at killing off that bad bacteria with a product like Atron Teal, which is an amazing product. Um, I, you know, it, it really contains some stable polyphenols that are amazing at what they do. They stay intact all the way to the colon. Um, there's three main ones that, that they use. And they also, you know, contain, so they're antioxidant, you know, capabilities, anti-aging properties, they reduce inflammation, they increase healthy bacteria, um, create diversity in the microbiome, they, you know, they decrease harmful bacteria and the gases that that bacteria creates by, you know, eating things that it shouldn't, like the methane gases and things of that nature. And then the pro is then taking that same product and adding to it. It adds soil-based spore biotics, which is incredible. So these spore biotics do very similar things to the Atrantil, you know, the regular Atrantil, but they boost the benefits by like exponentially, basically, um, you know, so improving dysbiosis, improving uh, intestinal permeability. So if you have leaky gut, it can absolutely help with that. And then um, basically using those polyphenols that we mentioned before to help with, um, you know, all, all the same benefits, but exponentially higher. Yep. If that makes sense. Yep. And yep. I think, I think um, the creators say Atrantil is fuel and the mega trio that they put in the pro is the key to unlock the benefits that the fuel, you know, has contained. Got it. I, I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, good explanation. So there's, uh, you know, there's digestion from A to Z, north to south, how it works, what it should be doing, what can go wrong, how to fix it. Uh, the good news is we fix mm-hmm. digestive issues all the time. 
Um, it, it, it's not always a slam dunk. Sometimes it takes a little work when you go through a couple kits or try a couple different ideas. But ultimately, um, we've been very successful at fixing digestion. Definitely. It's one of the, the one of the main things we, we address, actually, when we work with people. So, yeah, we've gotten good at it. <laughs> a- absolutely. All right. Um, anything else we want to cover today? I think that pretty much covers what we wanted to, to cover. I think so. Um, I don't have anything else. I, um, yeah. I'm good for today. So I think we're going to wrap this up. Lauren, thanks as always. Great stuff on digestion and uh, covered a lot of other stuff today. So uh, I will be back tomorrow. It will be a free for all. Um, no guests, no real theme, unless I think of something between now and tomorrow. It'll be about uh, whatever you want to talk about. And then we're off on Friday and Monday. So taking a, a long weekend. So we'll see you back here tomorrow. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.